This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano coming to you as we wrap up week number 10. Get ready for Monday Night Football. Hit the waiver wire. And Mike, most importantly, discuss the Sunday that was in the NFL yesterday. Definitely a couple of weird uh, finishes this past week. Yeah. Obviously, the Hopkins being a big topic. And let's not forget uh, Nick Chubb really, really putting the screws to betters and fantasy owners. Yeah, I know, man. It was like uh, Maurice Jones-Drew and Brian Westbrook all over again, right? I mean, why couldn't he have done what Todd Gurley did? He thought about not getting into the end zone, and then he kind of like fell in by accident. Like, I'd much rather have seen that, but yeah. I mean, he had a great game. It was great to see him back out there, but uh, it definitely sucks to see him go out of bounds there at the one-yard line where he could have given fantasy owners uh, another six points. And then, of course, uh, wagerers out there uh, probably weren't too happy about that either. No, that was, that was big. And a lot of people were on that play at minus four and a half. They win the game by, by three points. Could have yep. been ten. That is a stroke of luck right there, well, a stroke of bad luck right there that you could have got back at the very end because we've seen DeAndre Hopkins make that big play Ooh. to win the game for the Cardinals, but the point spread was two and a half, and, of course, the Cardinals do not kick the extra point. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, Vegas knows something sometimes. It's like, oh, man, geez, Louise. I mean, like those two games right there, the points are just so close. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with that situation in Arizona. Colin Murray, Josh Allen both play well. Stephon Diggs, you talking about an underrated off offseason pickup? Dude, he's been very good. And when he went to Buffalo, I liked it for his fantasy value, but I didn't see him being this good. Me now, neither. John Brown got banged up again. So I mean, the targets are there, but they are using Diggs like a number one. And he was never this reliable in Minnesota, ever, right? Because he was contending with Adam Thielen 
for tu- uh, for targets there. So now he's been great week in and week out starter. I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm going to miss him this week with Buffalo on a bye. Same thing uh, with Josh Allen. But I mean, the game was what we thought it was going to be. High scoring game. A lot of big fantasy performances. Maybe the most notable outside of the obvious. Kenyon Drake came back. Only yep. missed one game and rushed for 100 yards and has not relinquished that role to Chase Edmonds. Uh, Edmonds did get his share of the touches, but uh, Drake was the top guy once again in that backfield. And he, I think he'll be that, that guy moving forward. So people who are rostering Kenyon Drake right now, it can be a headache from time to time, but he is the guy that you got to throw out there. Let's hop into last night because I know we talk about it a lot, but it's getting to code red right now with this Baltimore Raven offense. Dude, well, I mean, at least... I, Lamar didn't have a terrible game, right, from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he scored over 20 points, and that's kind of all you're hoping for right now from Lamar Jackson. He was at nearly 22, but they can't get Hollywood Brown involved. They tried to, didn't work, and it's this is how bad tight end is, uh, Corey. This is how bad it is. Mark Andrews had 61 yards without a touchdown and tied for the league lead in points among hmm. tight ends at 13.1. That was it. It was good to see Andrews get targeted so much. Uh, and, and the Ravens lost Boyle for the season there. So uh, unfortunately, he's going to be out. But that could mean more targets for Andrews moving forward. He is obviously Lamar's number one option in the passing game. So that was good to see. But you're right. That passing game, I mean, who's starting Willie Sneed? Anybody? Raise no, your you hand. Can't start Willie Sneed. Anybody out there? I mean, <laughs> you can't. And you can't play... Hollywood Brown's going to be on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues here, folks. That's and maybe crazy. he was already because he was one of those guys everyone thought could potentially break out. But we also didn't see the decline in the Ravens passing game coming after how good it was last season. But that's fantasy football and that's the NFL for you. I think with Lamar, I think it's starting to be a mental thing now. And everybody seems to say this is the when you talk about Lamar Jackson, the rub is, well, they're still winning football games. Well, they yeah. lost last night to a team that's not very good. Right, exactly. And New England is not that good of a team. So, hey, man, I mean, right now for Baltimore, you're you're and Lamar Jackson, you're just hoping that you can get 20 from him the rest of the season. And that's a disappointment. He was scoring nearly 28 a game last year. I mean, that's a huge drop-off there uh, for Lamar Jackson. But if I get 22, 23 from him every week, I mean, at this point, I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, especially considering the state of the quarterback position, at least what it was this week. Remember last week when you had 18 guys go over 20? Well, going into Monday Night Football, you've only got nine go that have gone over 20. And the QB 12 was Phillip Rivers, who scored 16. So that was not very good. So in a bad week for quarterbacks, Lamar was pretty good for you this week. I think when you look at the weather, a lot of weather across the country could have led yep. us to some of these uh, bad performances by the QBs this week. But... Carson Wentz picked it up a little bit, and then yesterday he looked as bad as he looked all season. (laughs) Dude, what's up with Carson Wentz, dude? I mean, like, this guy has been so up and down. He had that nice stretch where he's putting up some pretty good point totals. And now lately, I mean, the the Giants, really? Mm -hmm. Giants are that good? I will tell you this. I am worried about Travis Fulgham, okay? I I was talking about this with Rick Camley yesterday on uh, our SiriusXM show. Alshon came back and didn't do anything. Okay, but whatever. It is what it is. But Jalen Rager ran just as many routes. He's getting targeted just as many times as Fulgham. Fulgham was the guy for Carson Wentz when there was nothing else left. But now you got Dallas Goddard back. They're using Richard Rodgers as well. So I I do wonder 
if that Fulgham carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin here, or maybe it just started to do that uh, against the G-Men. But yeah, and look at Daniel Jones. I mean, have you ever seen a guy run more upright? Like that touchdown run that he had, like he, he was running stiff there, but he got into the end zone and had a pretty good game. So maybe Daniel Jones is getting back on the radar a little bit, not in redrafts where you only start one quarterback, but certainly uh, in two QB leagues, maybe you can get a little more, more confident there uh, in Daniel Jones. I did have a prop bet yesterday for Daniel Jones to score a rushing touchdown because I felt pretty good that they was going to run that winner, play chicken again. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I felt pretty good they was going to run that play again that yep. he tripped on. And yep. sure enough, they did. And this time he was able to stay upright and take it all the way to the crib. That's a play that, uh, um, that um, Jason Garrett, the clapper, Uses a lot. We've seen Dak bust <laughs> off big runs on that play as well. Yep. And he's got it working with, with, with Danny uh, Dimes. You had uh, speaking of, your boy Slayton kind of bounced back a little bit yesterday. And, um, yeah. you know, and, um, the, the Giants, listen, Wayne Gallman's playing all right. All right. He's got a touchdown of four straight games. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, and Devonta Freeman's now on IR. Now, the Giants do have a bye coming up. So that kind of stinks. But Gallman needs to be added and, and stashed. At least he's getting volume. Right. I mean, Alfred Morris is getting some looks, too, but Gallman's getting the important ones near the goal line. So, yeah, he needs to be added across the board. And he is out there in a bunch of leagues. Uh, he's not the sexiest name in the world. Like, nobody wants to start Wayne Gallman. But, hey, folks, points is points. And he's gotten the end zone four straight games now. There you go. Wayne Gallman getting it done. Alfred Morris still getting it done. Shout out to Alfred Morris, Willie Taggart, man of the year. Some people can still figure out a way to, <laughs> to, main, to maintain relevance. Yes. Um, Russell Wilson. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is your MVP. You know, okay. when, you know, people are just giving this awards. And listen, I'm one of the guys, too, that's just been giving an award to Russell Wilson mm -hmm. and overlooking Patrick Mahomes. But Wilson is starting to show. I don't want to say. Let me not say he's starting to show some cracks. But if you're a Wilson fantasy manager, you kind of was a little bit upset yesterday. Kind of. You were a lot upset. I was actually texting with uh, my guy, Jerry Cantrell, uh, from AIC during the game. And he was not happy. He's like, Russell, like, single-handedly just killed me. He had no chance to win. And his last two games haven't been that good. Two touchdowns, four picks. Now, mm -hmm. I will say this. Go back and look at Russell Wilson's uh, game logs against the Rams historically. He's had a couple of good games, but a lot of times he struggles, man. The Rams are like his kryptonite uh, in certain seasons. And the Rams defense is really good. They're one of the top defenses in the National Football League. But with Russell, let, let's not forget, okay? Russell Wilson, like he started off the season dynamite. Russell Wilson's never been the most reliable quarterback over a full season, okay? And you might think I'm nuts. Go back and look at the numbers, okay? He had historically been a very slow starter and then picked things up in the second half, right? This year... He started out like gangbusters and now he's starting to slow down a little bit. Now, maybe things will change. You got the Thursday night game. That should be a lot of fun against Arizona and Kyler Murray. So you would think that Russell's going to bounce back, but look back. Like I know Russell is, is one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy football. He's never been the elite guy. Okay. He's never been Mahomes. He's never been Lamar. He's never been Cam, for example. He's been good, but he tends to have some rough patches over his game logs. And, and again, if you don't believe me, go back and look. Uh, you can check it out. So you're still playing him. But now, now, Corey, if you've got, say, like Justin Herbert, you're thinking, maybe I need to bench Russell. Like, maybe that's the only scenario where you're, or if you have Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure that's a scenario that some people out there might have as well. Um, but if you have like another really good quarterback, like 
starting Russell Wilson suddenly isn't like, oh, yeah, set it and forget it. No, it, it, it's not. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Another interesting thing about that offense is the, the Tyler Lockett thing that you brought to my attention. Like, guys, dude, dude has really only had two games this season. Two games. Uh, two, two good games this season. And other than that, he's been kind of pitiful, to be 100% honest with you. And then you look at him yesterday, he does come through 5 for 66 on nine targets. We don't see the big DK Metcalf game. Oh, and then we saw Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, David. I mean, you just anybody that could finally give the ball to, they was giving it to him. It was tough, man. If you started any Seattle running back, right? Because – DJ Dallas was a sit for me in my column because I just saw it coming. And Travis Homer was getting touches and then he got hurt again. But then Alex Collins was the I – mean, Alex Collins, really? So here's the good news, folks. It looks like Chris Carson's going to come back uh, on Thursday night. And uh, Carlos Hyde's close too. So we won't have to deal with this headache, which it's been uh, for the last couple of weeks here. And then speaking of Lockett, like he led Seattle in fantasy points among wide receivers. He had 11.6. He's the wide receiver 29 right now this week. And he's yeah. still got a game to go. So Tyler Lockett, he had two big games all years, folks, man. And and if you were smart, and a lot of people probably didn't do this, but man, if you sold high after that huge game he had where he went for 53, probably a very smart move. But right now it's it's going to be a little bit harder to move Tyler Lockett, especially uh, with Russ not cooking lately. Yeah, especially with uh, people starting to catch up to this Tyler Lockett thing. Uh, three Rams running back had at least six carries. Oh man! I mean, <laughs> dude, like, you know, it's not it's not bad Welcome enough. Welcome to twenty twenty, brother. I mean, it's not bad enough that we have all of these other backfields that we. I mean, Salvin Ahmed, really for crying out loud? Come on now! I mean, geez, little Calvin, Caleb Balage. This is where we're at right now. But this this backfield wasn't really that muddy, right? It was Daryl Henderson's job. And I wonder if if DH is not 100%. I really do because remember he had the quad. He didn't practice early last week and then he got in some practices. And then the workload wasn't there. Like he got into the end zone and kind of saved his game, but he only had 10 points. And Malcolm Brown, two touchdowns, fell into the end zone twice, two touchdowns. So are we going really three-headed now back in LA? Come on. I mean, Sean McVay, please help us here, right? Because Akers led the backfield in carries but he was a distant third in fantasy points. I don't know what's going to happen there. And, and I, 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 I'm not going to go out there and tell you that I know uh, that Daryl Henderson is going to reclaim the, more of a featured role in that backup because I simply don't. So Henderson to me is still the guy that you start. Malcolm Brown is a dart throw flex, but he's got to get into the end zone to have any value. And at this point, Akers is just a stash. I mean, you could pick him up and stash him and that's it. I don't think you can play Cam Akers right now. No, I, I agree with you on that. I think you playing Cam Akers, you're probably in some situations. Don't get me wrong. Many fantasy managers this point of the year when it comes to the running back position are in situations. I mean, I got a team where I'm starting. I, have to, I may have to start Lamar Miller tonight. So, oh, yeah, fresh off the practice floor. And guess what? I need I only need three points to win. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, like, yeah, so, so. Matter I mean, of fact, not- who would you play? Would you play Miller or would you play Madison? Oh, dude. Miller or Madison? Yeah. Anthony Miller? No, not Anthony Miller. Lamar Miller. Oh, Lamar Miller. I was going to oh, Matt. No, nah, I, I don't know if I could play Matt. Boy, that's tough, man. Because here's the thing. I'm not sure. I, I think Miller I just need is. three points. I, I think Miller is probably going to get the, the start and the early down work. That's I what think I so think. too. Cordero Patterson is going to end up getting some touches. Ryan Nall is going to be utilized more in the passing game, I feel like. So on passing downs, it's going to be Nall. I think Miller is going to be the early down guy. That and down near the goal line, it's anyone's guess, but I would guess Miller. 
So I, I think just, I'd probably go with Miller. And speaking of Anthony Miller, I hope you guys out there who have Allen Robinson grabbed Anthony Miller and or uh, Darnell Mooney because Robinson goes into the game questionable. Yep. Um, so that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor tonight. We'll touch, we'll get back and touch on that little game a little bit later on. I want to get to down to New Orleans and what happened in the Dome yesterday. The Saints go in there, they get the victory over Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees banged up, though. We've seen our first Jameis Winston, and I knew at some point this season we would see Jameis Winston, and uh, and we probably get a chance to see him again a couple more times. But for the for the most part, the Saints were the Saints. But let's touch on Brees. And we gotta we, we we got we gotta do a deep dive on Michael Thomas because it may be time for um you know a a, a may, we might have to come to grips but it's just not gonna happen this year. Yeah, I know, right? So so Breeze, I mean, he wasn't good before he went out of the game. I don't know if he's hundred percent, and it looks like he's gonna miss time, which means that Jameis is gonna be a hot waiver wire pickup. He's got Atlanta coming up, so that's a great matchup. So uh, Jameis is gonna be in the mix. Uh, uh, talking about the waiver wire a little bit later on in the show. The only player in New Orleans you can trust is Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's it. The guy had eight carries yesterday. That was it. And he still gave you nearly 35 points because he's such a damn beast. Two rushing touchdowns, one through the air. Um, he, he's really right there with Dalvin Cook as the top running back in fantasy football. Uh, and it's going to be like that for a few more weeks. It looks like Christian McCaffrey is going to be out at least another week here with that injured shoulder. But when you're looking at the wide receiver core for New Orleans, I mean, Michael Thomas Seven targets. Like, for Michael Thomas, that's not a lot. Like, Michael Thomas mm-hmm. is a guy who's getting targeted target guy. double-digit times yep. every single season, right? 4.7 points he gave you. I mean, what a stinker. And last week, he didn't do much either. So, like, right now, I don't have any shares of Michael Thomas, thank goodness. If I did, I'd probably feel like I had to play him because you would think that the breakout game's coming. It could be against Atlanta this week. I'm not sure. But... Jeez Louise, I mean, if he hasn't been the biggest bust in fantasy football this side of Lamar Jackson, I don't know who has been. And I know injuries are a part of it, but even in the games that he's played, Corey, the production's not there. And I don't know what kind of rapport he has with Jameis Winston. We're going to find out here soon enough. But Emmanuel Sanders disappeared, right? Jared Cook, I mean, forget about him. There, There's no targets for that guy in that offense anymore, right? So don't it, it's, it's just, it's the Alvin Kamara show. And now that you have Jameis under center, likely for a game, maybe more, does he go to Michael Thomas? Sometimes backup quarterbacks like to go to that number one guy, maybe pepper him with targets. And for fantasy owners, that's that's what they hope is going to happen because Thomas has been an absolute dud. Definitely been an absolute dud this year, Michael Thomas. And you did hit on a very good point. A lot of times you'll see a backup quarterback come in. This is the top guy on this team. Let me go ahead and get him the ball as much right. as I can. And we all know that Jameis Winston don't have no problem winging it and I told you what your boy Mike Lombardi said he felt that Jameis could be a better fit for this offense so it's going to be interesting to see what happens it is because he Mike I have no doubt this time next week Jameis Winston is going to be quarterback one (laughs) on the week on the week really wow bold prediction from a man there Ooh, I mean on the week and that's that's Jameis's game Jameis Jameis don't have no conscience no 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 I did he was the QB5 last year at 30 picks he had an Eli Manning S season with 30 interceptions. Crazy, Even though I don't right? think Eli ever hit 30. I, I do think Eli's had some 24s and 27s. Yeah, yeah, and right. I always got a kick out of those until they won the damn Super Bowl. Um, rookie quarterbacks yesterday getting in the mix. Got the big game in Miami with Herbert and, and, and Tua. Tua mm-hmm. has 15 completions, two of those for touchdowns. But really, 
Kalen Balaj and Salvin Ahmed. What the yeah. hell is going on? Uh, that's what I want to know. I have no idea. How did, the char- I, I thought it would be more Tremaine Pope. I mean, this guy, he was on a milk carton, okay, in this game. So he, here's the situation now. Let's start off in Miami. Ahmed's going to be the guy that you want to grab off the waiver wire. No but doubt. Matt Breida needs to be owned too. Because if Breida was close, if Breida comes back in week 11, he's the starter. He's the starter. I mean, that's just a Jordan Howard, a healthy scratch when the Dolphins are hurting at running back. I mean, was there a worse free agent signing? I mean, in the offseason, geez Louise, but a Brita and I mean, Ahmed Mike both need McCarthy. to be on. No, well, Mike McCarthy. That, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> so so that's the, that's the Dolphins situation, okay? If, if Brita's out there, get him. If Ahmed's out there, get him. And then if Brita is active, he's going to start. That's what's going to happen there in Miami. Now, in L.A., this one's tough. I, I know that Austin Eckler posted a video last week, uh, and it was basically thanking fantasy owners who didn't drop him because he's coming back soon. I don't know if soon is week 11. I hope it is. I, hope I really it is hope too. it is. Uh, soon is not soon, as Larry David would say. We need him to come back sooner. So, But if, if he can't go this week, like it looks like it's Kalen Balazs' job, folks, two weeks in a row now. And they've got the Jets, another revenge game for Balazs, right? And the Jets stink. So he needs to be owned across the board. And, I mean, what happened to Joshua Kelly for crying out loud? Remember earlier in the season he had like that 23-carry game or 25-carry game against Cincinnati, and we're thinking, oh, this is the new Melvin Gordon. Here we go. And then he had a couple of fumbles. He's had some issues. And now this guy is buried on the depth chart. I mean, like, when when Kalen Balaj, okay, comes off the practice squad and takes your soul like you're you're not in the good graces of, of your coaches. So Joshua Kelly at this point, I mean, he's barely rosterable, and Balaj is the guy, which is crazy. But I mean, Jets. I mean, like if if, if Austin's not back this week, it's Jets. Balaj is going to be starting in a bunch of leagues. It's crazy. Yeah. No. Uh, listen, is it running back is is always you know a sugar honey iced tea show in the fantasy, <laughs> throughout the course of a fantasy football season, Mike. But this year, it's like with a cherry on top. It's uh, but crazy, speaking, man. Crazy. Listen, but we, we may have something, though. We may have something brewing in Detroit. We may finally have a rookie running back outside of James Robinson showing their salt as DeAndre Swift kind of got it going yesterday. He started, and what what the hell took Detroit so long? But haven't we been here it's before, Corey? Haven't yeah, you're we right. been here before, though? Right. You're remember right. that game? Who was it? Was it against Jacksonville? I can't remember. It might have been Jacksonville. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Where Swift went nuts. Oh, here it is. It's time. It's the Andre Swift show. Here we go. And then they went right back to Peterson in a committee. Now, yesterday, it was across the board Swift. 43 offensive snaps. Carryon Johnson was second with nine. All right? You had 21 touches for Swift. Adrian Peterson had five. Yeah, 47% touch share for Swift. Peterson was at 11. Yeah, I like it. Jam it into my veins, man. I hope they keep doing it. I can't guarantee they're going to keep doing it. But if Matt Patricia is smart, and Corey, you'd probably suggest that he's not. He's not. Swift needs to be getting 40 to 45% of the touches every single week, rest of season. And if he does, he's going to end up being a league winner. Let's just yep. hope Detroit's not stupid and go back to Peterson for some damn reason. No, I would hope not. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's Adrian Peterson, obviously, in the twilight. As, as Calvin Johnson's getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame, Adrian Peterson is still playing. Uh, isn't that crazy? If I'm not mistaken, that's the same draft class, right? Yes. 
Yep. 2007. Sound about right. Yeah, that's about right. Boy, boy, Calvin Johnson was good. Oh my goodness. That was a, that, that guy. I remember when he came out of uh, uh, Georgia tech, Georgia tech, th- there was not one scout that said he's got a flaw. Like yeah. everyone knew this guy was the real deal. Everybody knew it. And he has been every, he was every bit as good uh, as everyone predicted. And then, then some, I mean, and he played for the lions for crying out loud. Doesn't make it easy when you play for the Detroit Lions. No, sir. Um, that's why we've seen this happen to them before with our players. But then again, big wide receivers generally tend to take a lot of hits and stuff like that. And they do tend to slow down a little bit faster. Uh, Terry McLaurin, still a beast yet again. Yep. Seeing some more stuff from Logan Thomas. Uh, Antonio Gibson, not really his game, but he does score twice. Alex Smith, 390 yards passing, Mike. Yeah, with no touchdowns. Isn't that a strange stat line? And and he's got they've got the Bengals coming up next. So I mean, like, if you're in a two QB league, like Alex Smith, I mean, he th- did you see how many targets JD McKissick got again? Yeah, I mean crazy. It's been he's 29 targets in the last two weeks. Like, who is he? Alvin Kamara for crying out loud? I mean, geez Louise, like Antonio Gibson was basically a wide receiver in college, and they're throwing the ball to JD McKissick more. Whatever it is, what it is, Gibson was good. McKissick gave you what he needed to give you. Uh, he's getting the targets. I mean, he's a he's a viable flex starter as long as they're going to keep throwing him the football that much. I can tell you that right now. And by the way, that was a revenge game last week too. We had a bunch of revenge games that uh, we didn't even talk about. Some of them worked out. Some of them did not. Emmanuel Sanders, I'm looking at you. Oh, yeah. and Johnson. <laughs> Bill Johnson. Jeez Louise. Like I was – you know what? Sometimes like I feel like his fantasy analysts – uh, and managers, we get a little too excited when a backup running back ends up getting a bigger role because the starter went down. There's a reason why the damn guy's a backup, okay? Duke Johnson, I mean, in a game where Houston needed to run the football, he didn't do jack. He didn't even catch a pass. Jeez, Not the one way, reception I mean, for Johnson. He did horrible. carry the ball. He did carry the ball for like, I believe, 40, 40 or 50 yards, something like that, what he carried the football for. But that's kind of, you, you, you figured more, especially against the Cleveland Browns defense, uh, Deshaun Watson was about as pitiful as you can get yesterday. Um, he did throw weather, one man, touchdown pass, un- yeah, under two hundred yards passing. You know what I mean? Sacked twice. I, it's just, ah, man, this is a team that got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. I know, I know, and it was funny too because um, somebody threw out on there uh, on Twitter that you know, you know, how do you how do you let New Hopkins get out the door? And I was like, they didn't. They pushed him out the door. Yeah, a dumb, dumb organization doing dumb things, but Will Fuller's been pretty good. Braden Cook's been pretty good. Deshaun Watson's been pretty good, but it is it is certainly uh, something that's going to go down as a uh, black eye for the Houston Texans franchise that they let uh, they, they let New Hopkins get out of town by trading him. Just crazy. See, here's the thing, right? I understand him and Bill O'Brien had their things, and obviously Bill O'Brien has to be the head guy in the organization. And it was like, you know, Hopkins had become more or less the leader in the locker room. The locker room mm-hmm. lawyer, the leader in the locker room. O'Brien wasn't a big fan of that. So, rightfully so, you get rid of Hopkins, right? Because you want, you know, you're the leader. But then you don't fire the guy three months later. You feel what I'm saying? Yep, like, you got rid of your best player mm-hmm. and then because of the coach. And then you went and fired the coach. And what did they trade him for again? <laughs> David Johnson. For David Johnson. <laughs> Who's Duke Johnson? <laughs> you know what I I'm mean, saying? David Johnson. I mean, geez Louise. Yeah, bad. That that Bill O'Brien's the guy in your fantasy football league that you want to make trade offers to because you know yep. you're going to be able to give him the scroogey. Uh Emotionally trading people away. All right, Mike. 
Why does Kareem Hunt play better when Nick Chubb is in the line? I have no idea. I have no clue. Isn't that crazy? Like wow. I remember when <laughs> when Chubb went down and we all thought, oh, Kareem Hunt's top five now, top five. He wasn't that good. He wasn't that good at all. I mean, so now maybe it's just a workload thing, right? I mean, like, you know, Nick Chubb gets out there, you know, Kareem Hunt's on the sidelines. He's getting fresh, comes into the game, plays a certain role. It is whatever it is, it works. Okay. And and there's going to be weeks where one's better than the other. Okay. You'd love for every week to be like this week where they both rush for over hundred yards and have very good stat lines. But it, there's going to be weeks where it's going to be Chubb. There's going to be weeks where it's going to be Kareem Hunt. It is what it is. But it is so strange that the, the increased touch share did not matter with Kareem Hunt. He's better with Nick Chubb statistically. And it's 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 a very strange uh, sort of phenomenon. All right, Mike, let's, I'm going to let you uh, go on, get on the soapbox right here before we get to Monday Night Football and the waiver wire. I want you to break down and investigate and break down some of these backfields that have these issues the best that you can oh, right now. Dude. I mean, sorry, let me put you on the spot. I listen. Sure, I don't need a no, PhD, need fine, a PhD on this, but I mean, let, 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 I, let me hear what you got. <laughs> folks, number one, one thing you have to keep in mind, and I say this all the time, the NFL is a week-to-week league. It doesn't matter what happened last week. It, it, it's what matters. Uh, what matters is what's going to happen in the upcoming week, right? So uh, we can go through the bat. Indianapolis, folks, I don't know. The last three weeks, I have had I've had Jonathan Taylor ranked as the highest rookie, or, or excuse me, uh, Colts running back every week, every week. And the last three weeks, it's been Wilkins, Wilkins, Naheem Hines. I don't know, folks. I don't even know where I'm going to go with it this week, okay? And the matchup's right against Green Bay. I mean, it's a really good matchup. So, but Jonathan Taylor, and he's not a featured back. And and Frank Reich's going hot hand, and it's hard to figure out what the hot hand's going to be. Detroit, please, just stick with DeAndre Swift. And Tampa Bay, forget that one. That one drives me nuts. So two weeks previous, uh, prior here to, to week 10, what was the trend, Corey? It was Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. He was getting way more snaps. He was getting more touches. Rojo had fumbled. It looked like it was Fournette who was going to be the guy against Carolina. He also had a good game against the Panthers earlier in the season. So Fournette was likely started over Rojo in most leagues. Rojo fumbles again. And you're thinking, oh man, Fournette's going to just go nuts. Ronald Jones went crazy at a 98-yard touchdown run, trying to do his best Tony Dorsett from Monday Night Football against the Vikings back in the 80s when he went for 99. And the Cowboys still lost that game, by the way. Um was the only touchdown they scored in that game. Right. So so who the hell who the hell do I start now? Is it Ronald Jones or is it Fournette? I don't know. Like honestly, bro, I feel like you remember that episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza found that when he did the opposite of his instinct, that his life was much better. I feel like that's what we need to do in some of these backfields. If we think it's going to be Rojo in week eleven because Fournette was not the guy, well, now it's going to be Fournette. Like, we almost have to go the opposite. Honestly, yeah. I have no clue. It's so hard to predict, right? Chargers, I think it's Pelage until Austin Eckler comes back. That's what I've seen the last two weeks. In Miami, I think it's going to be Brita if he's healthy, and it's going to be Ahmed if he's not, right? Because I this is this is what I've seen. The Rams, I'm holding out hope that Henderson keeps the, the top spot. But it looks like they want to start working in Cam Akers. And if that's the case, folks, that's going to be a nightmare like you have in Baltimore, okay? Because we all like J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards until we found out Mark Ingram was playing, and then that was the end of that. That backfield, I think the only guy who's rosterable is Dobbins. 
because Ingram's going to do nothing for you. Gus Edwards is going to do nothing for you while it's a three-headed monster. And at least Dobbins has the ceiling where if something happens to one of the other two guys, you would think, okay, well, maybe he could be a league winner down the stretch. There's, there's nobody in Baltimore's backfield that I would start while all three players are active. That thing's a mess. We got some clarity in New England. Damian Harris is going to be the guy on early downs. Now, Sonia Michelle could be close to coming back, so keep tabs on that. Let's forget but him. I, will t- I, I know, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> right? It's twenty twenty. But I will tell you this, Corey, James White is, is waiver wire fodder. Yes, James, Jim, Jimmy White is not getting it done with him. It's not working. It anymore. They're using Rex Burkhead. He had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's got three in his last. They don't use him. They don't. James White is is waiver wire fodder, guys. I know he's the you know he's he's got the name and stuff. And we all thought, well, this was going to end up being the situation with you know w- with New England where he's going to have his role regardless. Nope, not anymore. I I I don't know what happened, but James White is, is waiver wire fodder at this point. We're hoping Carson comes back this week in Seattle, so we don't have to worry about the whole mess in that backfield. And then Arizona. It's going to go back to what it was. Drake's going to be the guy. Edmonds is going to spell him. Drake is probably an RB2. Edmonds may be a flex starter when the matchup's right. That's where we're at right now. I mean, there is... Look at what, what's going on in Pittsburgh. Corey, they don't run the ball anymore. They say they... they, 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 they Corey, they don't run the ball anymore. They're getting Connor, warmed up. They're getting warmed up for a run, and that run's going to be on Ben Roethlisberger's own. Yeah, and, and you know what? Shame on us for not talking about him in the MVP race. No doubt. He's been playing great. I mean, look at the last two games for James Conner. Nine carries, 22 yards, 13 carries, 36 yards, no touchdowns. He was 15 for 47 with a touchdown against Baltimore in week eight. Okay. Here's his yards per carry average. Last three games, 3.1, 2.4, 2.8. That's gross. That's gross. And you probably have to start James Conner because the running back position is a disaster. But they're throwing the ball a hell of a lot more. I mean, like Deontay Johnson is so good. If this guy was durable, he'd be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Chase Claypool is so good. Jeez uh, Louise. I mean, he's got, what, has he got nine touchdowns already? We're in a week 11, he had nine touchdowns already, right? Yeah. And then Juju's starting to wake up too. Pittsburgh's offense is sick good, man. And, and you know who they got this week? Jacksonville. Good luck. So, ball. yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. Good luck. All right. So, let's get into tonight. We go to the NFC North where we get the Vikings in a spot that this is the scariest spot for the Vikings. Favorite on yes, the road versus a division opponent. Yep. Now, has that, we'll, we'll see tonight if that trend has changed because the Vikings struggle against the NFC North. They played better against the division this year. Tonight, they go on the road, the DraftKings Sportsbook has the Vikings as a three-point favorite. Kirk Cousins and the crew are trying to stay in, trying to stay in, in the NFC. The Chicago Bears, we already know what that is with that, with that offense. Yeah, what do no. you think about tonight? What do you break it down fantasy-wise? Let me hear what you got. So it's a chalk game, right? Uh, Dalvin is an obvious start. And Allen Robinson, assuming he's healthy, is an obvious start. And I would suggest maybe that's it, right, in terms of the obvious plays. I like the Vikings' defense against Nick Foles, who turns the ball over. Uh, David Montgomery is out, so it looks like it's going to be Lamar Miller and Ryan Nall. Allen Robinson, again, questionable. So Anthony Miller could play a bigger role. Darnell Mooney could play a bigger role. Jimmy Graham's matchup's not great. He's touchdown dependent. Uh, you're already pot committed at this point, but if he doesn't get into the end zone, he's not going to do much. Uh, Minnesota's given up only three touchdowns to tight ends. Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it is the holiday season, right? 
And Irv Smith Jr. has already been declared out, so maybe Rudolph gets into the end zone in this game. Although Rudolph the red zone reindeer. That's right, that's right, man. But Chicago's defense is tough. So, like, I don't love Thielen in this game. I don't love Justin Jefferson in this game. I certainly don't love Kirk Cousins in this game. It's a national game. You know what Kirk does, right? When the spotlight's hot, that dude melts most of the time. So no doubt. I would suggest now in DFS, I would suggest you're probably going to have to hit on a guy who might be a little bit under, a little bit more under the radar, right? So like maybe that's a Kyle Rudolph. Maybe he has a touchdown tonight in the game with Irv Smith out. Maybe he'll see more targets there at the tight end position. Maybe it's a Mooney or a Miller because Minnesota is not good against wide receivers. And at running back, I mean, you're probably putting all your chips in the middle of the table for Dalvin Cook, and that's a smart thing. The matchup's not great, but Dalvin is Dalvin. So, And at quarterback, I mean, Foles has got the better matchup, but it's Nick Foles. I mean, like, it's Nick freaking Foles. I don't like either quarterback. You would think that this is not going to be a high-scoring game with a lot of fantasy production, right? Mm-hmm. And the Vikings defense, is, as I mentioned, is a very good play if you like to stream defenses. Now it's time for what's really important. And I know, Mike, this is tough. This is a Monday morning. You barely got the coal out your eyes out there on the West Coast. Oh, man. And everybody needs to know, who do I pick up on the waiver wire this week? I'm going to open it up to Michael Fabiano while I grab my pen and paper. Go ahead, my man. All right, I got a bunch. So at quarterback, Jameis, he's got Atlanta. And he's a start this week. Uh, he will be in the column if Drew Brees is out. It looks like he will be. Uh, Tua Tungvalu is not owned in enough leagues. Like, I know he didn't have a huge game against the Chargers, but two touchdown passes in two straight games with Denver next. Then he's got the Jets and the Bengals, folks. Be forward thinking. Uh, other quarterbacks, Alex Smith against the Bengals, right? <laughs> I hate to say this, but if you're in a two QB league, Andy Dalton's coming back. He's got the Vikings. I mean, like, that is a good matchup, right? This is how bad it is at quarterback, folks. Running back, Damian Harris needs to be owned across the board. He's got the Texans coming up next. Naheem Hines, not owned in 50% of leagues on ESPN, which to me is a little bit crazy, but he's been so unreliable. Uh, Packers up next. Wayne Gallman, pick him up, stash him. The Giants are on a bye. He's got a touchdown in four straight games. Matt Breida, Salvin Ahmed, both of them should be added because we're not sure who's going to be the starter next week. If Breida's active, I would suggest it will be him. Kalen Balaj. Yeah, every time I think Caleb Elijah, I just I can't believe that we're talking about him. Uh, but welcome to 2020. Uh, Cam Akers is a stash. Tony Pollard is a stash. Uh, Devontae Booker, he's been good two straight How about games. That? I mean, really, a revenge game, bro. Revenge game, man, against the Broncos. So, but if you have Josh Jacobs, please make sure Booker's on your roster. I mean, Jacobs ain't losing that job. He's been great, but Booker is that that handcuff without question. Wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. Eight targets, seven catches, nearly 20 points against the Titans. Uh, in the last two weeks, he leads all Colts wide receivers in snaps, routes, run, targets, catches, yards, fantasy points. You get it. He's got the Packers coming up next. They were down their top two cornerbacks uh, in week 10. Jacoby Myers, who knew he could throw like that? Like Tim <laughs> Tebow never threw a football that nice, ever, right? I mean, Tim Tebow, but he was a quarterback. Myers, seven targets, five catches, 59 yards, and he had the touchdown pass. Uh, Texans up next, and he is clearly uh, – the BFF of, of one Cameron Jarrell Newton. Green Bay, Marcus Valdez-Scantling should be owned unless you hear that Alan Lazard is coming back. And then he's the guy to grab. But both need to be added off the waiver wire this week if, if it's Lazard. The matchup's not good against the Colts, but I mean, MVS has had two huge games. But Lazard, I really like him rest of the season uh, if he's 100%. Uh, Jalen Rieger, also worth an add. 
Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, we talked about them last week. Uh, both guys, well, Patrick could have had a better game if he didn't get tossed, and Hamler had 10 targets. Jakeem Grant, Miami, has a touchdown. Preston Williams, uh, obviously out. Broncos up next. If you're in a deep league, Denzel Mims, Brashad Perriman. I said deeply. I know it's the Jets, uh, but somebody's got to catch the passes there. And then Cole Beasley, if he's out there, get him and sit on him. Buffalo has a bye, but John Brown got hurt. Beasley could end up being a very reliable option with a very decent floor rest of season uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, at tight end, the best tight end for me is Dalton Schultz. He had 15 targets in the two games before the Cowboys had a bye. Andy Dalton's coming back. They got the Vikings coming up next. Jordan Reed had six targets and five catches, but he's got a bye coming up. So if you need instant gratification, it's not going to come from Jordan Reed. Logan Thomas had six targets, 66 yards, 12 targets in his last two games. Alex Smith likes throwing the ball to the short intermediate receiver, so Logan Thomas could be worth a look as well. And he's got the Bengals coming up in week 11. And then can I give love to a kicker, Corey? Is that okay? Can I eh. do that? Can I do that? Please. Go ahead. All right. Tyler Bass. He hits from 54, 55, 58. He scores 18 points. He's got 14 plus in three of his last four games, including one game with over 20. He's been more reliable than Lamar Jackson. All right. Than, I'm about to say he's been better than quarterbacks. <laughs> now, Buffalo has a bye. So, like, I mean, you can't really go out and pick him up because unless you have deep rosters. But, folks, kickers matter. Like, I know Jake Seeley, I love you. God bless you. I know he hates kickers. I love kickers. I can go out there and start Young Way Koo and get 15 every week. Damn, I'm doing that, man. Tyler Bass has been great. And by the way, if Koo got dropped because Atlanta was on a bye, pick him up. Pick but him up. Mm-hmm. Kickers matter, man. Like, I get it. Like, dude, the kickers are, and, and you may think I'm crazy, outside of Travis Kelsey and maybe like, you know, Darren Waller, right? Kickers can be every bit as valuable as tight ends. The, the leading tight end this week had 13 points. That was it. I mean, the, the position stinks. It's terrible. Okay? Tyler Bass at 18. Tyler Bass is better than probably 90% of the tight ends out there in fantasy football. Maybe more. <laughs> right? Play tight end. Brother, but it's true, man. It's true. You're the tight end 10 this week. Let's go through the tight ends before we before we uh, end things, yeah, all right? No doubt. Andrews, Gronk, Hunter. Okay. Cameron Bright was four. Who started him? Nobody. Jordan Reed was five. Who started him? Not that many. Logan Thomas was six. Who started him? Not that many. Farrell Brown. Who the hell is that? I okay. Know I know Farrell Cooper. I don't know about Farrell Brown. Seven. Who started him? Who heard of him? Nobody. Richard Rodgers at eight. Nobody started him. Jono at nine, but the only reason Jono's nine is because he had a rushing touchdown. Tyler Higby at 10, and Higby's been, he's been washed this season. Yep. Your tight end 11, Durham Smythe of the Miami Dolphins, and your tight end 12, Colin Thompson of the Carolina Panthers. It's ugly as hell, guys. Kickers matter. And if you can make up the points that you're losing from your tight end, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. There you go right there. Rocking and rolling throughout the course of the week. Make sure you keep it locked in with SI Fantasy. Me and Mike will be back on Thursday to get you ready for week number 11. Don't forget Michael Fabiano's sit start comes out on Wednesday right here on SI.com. And that is how we pre- prepare to get you started and go throughout the course of the week. SI Fantasy, SI Fantasy Plus is where the winners play. For my guy, Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. We are out.